Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord tonight. Give God praise. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Thank you. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, what an atmosphere in this house tonight. You can feel a swelling. You can feel a building in the spirit. You can feel it. I feel an expectancy in the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm not up here hyping you. If I don't mean it, I'm not going to say it. I I feel like like we have been pushing this thing. And it's at the point where we're fixing to just hop on and ride it. (laughs) The Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent. Those that are not content with the status quo. Those who are not satisfied with going through the motions. Those who understand that hell will fight. But we have the power to fight harder. Not just anybody's going to have a breakthrough. If I had the power to give the Holy Ghost, I'd give it to everybody I ever met. I I wish at every service I went to, at every church I went to, everybody would pray through every service. Because the fact of the matter is this. The world's not getting any better. And we need God more now than we've ever needed Him. And if hell doesn't take a day off, then why should we take a day off? Why should we come to church and just spin our wheels? Sometimes we get caught up in ritualistic motions. I grew up in this thing. I'm fifth generation on my dad's side, second generation on my mom's side. I could tell you where they were going to park. I could tell you where they were going to sit. I could tell you where they were going to pray. I could tell you the order of service. I could tell you who was going to sing what. I was going to tell you when everybody was going to stand up and clap when they hit a certain note. I knew it. I had it down. I'm afraid sometimes we fall prey to that. It's almost a subconscious mechanics. We go through You know, I've sat through many services. The, altar was, the, the, the pastor was given the altar call. I never knew he started preaching. Hello? I was there in body. That was about it. I was going in mind. I was going in spirit. I clapped when I was supposed to clap. I stood when I was supposed to stand. I did, but I was so disengaged from what God was wanting to do. My question tonight is have we come just to go through the motions or are we here to get something from God? I believe if we'll, if we'll open our heart and pursue after God, God is going to do a work in this place tonight. My goodness. I feel a word in my spirit. I'm telling you, if you haven't responded yet, if you haven't moved yet, there's still opportunity. And I've got a word for you. Book of Mark chapter 5. Book of Mark chapter 5. Book of Acts 
chapter number 16. Mark chapter 5, Acts chapter 16. Allow me to say how delighted we are to be with you all in revival. My children and my wife are at home under quarantine. My two oldest girls have chicken pox, so they are locked up in a 40-foot box, and they're about to go insane along with my wife. But it's a mild case. They have all their vaccinations. I believe that they'll be over it rather quickly. But nonetheless, one day locked in a box is one day too long. And uh, hopefully they'll be with us later this week. Keep them in your prayers. Um, Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been of the, of, he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones." But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains of a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. Acts chapter 16, I will read very quickly, verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. If you'll allow me the next few moments, I would like to tie these two passages of Scripture together under this thought. Detained, but not defeated. Detained but not defeated. Father, we come to you tonight knowing that the only way anything is made possible in the spiritual realm is by the help of the Holy Ghost. God, we seek you earnestly tonight knowing that we have to have a touch from God. We have to have a visitation from your Spirit. 
I bind every opposing force of darkness even this moment. I take dominion, Lord, over every spirit that stands in the way tonight. I pray, Lord, that we would be loosed into a dimension of victory, into a dimension of power and authority in the Holy Ghost. And we clap our hands unto the Lord right now and give Him thanks and praise for what He's fixing to do in this place. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Although I have no factual documentation, it is my assumption tonight, it is my observation that we are living in a day when religion has never been more prevalent as it is right now. Everybody's saved. Everybody say, nobody's lost anymore. Religion, regardless of what kind, regardless of what sorts, religion, in my opinion, is at an all-time high. According to recent studies, there are approximately 20 known religions in the world. Now, that seems small, but hold on. That's 20 known different religions. Now, the largest sect consists of the Christian movement with roughly 2 billion followers of Christ. In the Christian movement alone, get ready, in the Christian movement alone, in the world, last statistics I found show that there are more than 34,000 denominations. Everybody's saved. Over 34,000 ritualistic organizations designed to secure salvation for those who are in attendance. It's imperative today that we understand, though, that Satan is not threatened by people who just go to church. Religion does not scare him. Denominations do not threaten him. Traditionalism sends no tremors in hell. Going to church does not strike fear into Satan's domain. And I dare say tonight that hell puts little to no effort into those who are passive towards God. I believe tonight that hell focuses on those who are passionate, those who are determined to live for God regardless of what you have to go through. See, when you make up in your mind that you're going to live for God, hell puts a bullseye on you and he will detain you any way he can. Because regardless of where you come from, regardless of your background, your skin color, your social status, how many degrees you have, the one thing that we all share tonight is that Satan does not want us going to heaven. Satan does not want you serving Jesus Christ. 
Don't don't fool yourself into thinking that when you pursue God, that Satan will just step aside and allow you to have a breakthrough. He's not going to open the door for you to step into a new dimension of victory. But friend, when you make up in your mind uh, that you're going to press and you're going to pursue and you're going to follow God, uh, that's when hail steps in the picture and hail paints a bullseye on you. Bible said in 1 Peter 5 and 8, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He hates God. And because we have decided to pursue God, we in turn are placed in his crosshairs because of our desire and our passion for God. It's hell's desire to snatch as many people as possible from the grip of grace. And it's because of this agenda that Jesus Christ robed himself in flesh. See, Jesus didn't come just to turn water into wine. He didn't come just to raise somebody from the dead. He didn't come just to do miracles. He didn't come to wow the rabbis and the scholars with his articulation. He did not come just to be a, a spectacle for all to see. But First John 3 and 8 reveals to us the reason that God robed himself in flesh. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The main reason Jesus Christ was born and woke this earth and died at Calvary was he was he came to destroy the works of the enemy, the the bondage of sin, the chains of sin. Jesus showed up to destroy the chains. That's why Jesus could proclaim with authority in Luke chapter four, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me." Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. He came with a purpose. He came to reverse the downward spiral of humanity. He came to preach deliverance to the captives. In essence, the chain breaker was personified through Jesus Christ. And the chains that held humanity for so long, when Jesus said, it is finished, that statement reached beyond the physical realm of death. And it spoke to the spiritual chains of bondage that held people captive for so long. Bible said, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. In other words, from the time Jesus died and rose again and sent his spirit, it literally is impossible for somebody to stay bound. It's impossible for somebody to live a life of captivity. If they were to die in bondage, it could not be said that they did not have a way of escape. 
It cannot be said that there was no cure for their chains, that there was no remedy for their bondage. Because when Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captive. That means he put addiction in captivity. He put the chains that held you, he locked them up and said there's no way they could hold them back. Everything that held people bonded so long, he locked it up. And the Bible said that Jesus Christ being truth in John 8, 32, and ye shall know the truth and the truth. Jesus Christ, it's more than an encounter. It's more than a confession. It's more than a handshake. But when you encounter Jesus Christ and the fullness of his glory, the truth shall make you free. Clap your hands unto the Lord right now. I'm thankful there was a day, as pastor spoke of earlier, where everything that held me back, it dissipated at the power of the name of Jesus. And the writer of Hebrews said it like this, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Friend, when you're born again of the water and the spirit, you are free from every chains of bondage. You are, you are free from the chains of sin, that which once held you. That which once put you in a box and held you captive. But notice, just because... We are born again, does not exempt us from attacks from the enemy. And he will utilize any means possible. He will do whatever it takes to detain you, to hinder you, to trip you up, to stop you. Just because you're born again of water and spirit doesn't make us angels. It doesn't prevent us from spiritual attack. There's not a bubble around you. You're human. You're living in the real world. And so the enemy will do anything he can to detain you, to stop you from making progress in God. That's why Paul said it like this. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What Paul knew was that Satan was after the church and that he'll unleash his fury against anybody that pursues after him. And if we're not careful throughout the course of life, there will be things that the enemy uses to detain us. There will be methods and means whereby the enemy tries to hem us in and tries to prevent us from growing in God tries to stop us from excelling in Christ and pursuing after that, uh, that dimension in God. Now, I, I've noticed in Scripture that there are two types of chains. Uh, very simple, there are visible chains, and then there are invisible chains. We step into two dimensions. We deal with the physical and we deal with the spiritual. But both have the same intent and purpose to stop you and I from growing in God, to stop you and I from pursuing God. His effort is to detain us. It was Paul and Silas that experienced the physical chains. These were men who had been born again. They were part of the church, just like you and I. 
trying to carry out the work of the Lord. Yet they found themselves being detained. They found themselves in bondage. They found themselves in stocks and in bonds. Their chains were physical. And I'll draw a parallel if I can. The chains that would bind us even in this day may not be literal chains, but they'll be in the physical realm. It'll be family. It'll be jobs. It'll be finances. It'll be dimensions and areas of your life that are that, that what you can see. And the whole purpose is to stop you from growing in God. The whole purpose is to prevent you from pursuing after God. You love God. You're faithful to God. Yet you're detained. You're not going anywhere. You're trapped in circumstances that are not conducive to growth. You're trapped in circumstances that are not conducive to revival. Times that you've knelt before God and you have banged your head in fury at what you're having to go through. I'm talking about physical change, things that you see with your eye, things that you watch happen in your life as it unfolds and the whole time it's stopping you from pursuing God like you should be. It's there that the enemy pounces on us. And he's got us convinced that this situation is permanent. What I'm going through won't get any better. What I'm having to face won't get any better. My family won't straighten out. My, my marriage won't, won't get back together. And on and on the list could go. I, I wonder if Paul and Silas ever thought while they were sitting in that prison that this is it. It's not going to get any better than this. It's not going to get any better than what I'm having to face now. This is the end. This is how it's going to end. I wonder if that happened. You say, well, preacher, everything's going good in my life. Good. I'm happy. But it could be that the reason you're not having a breakthrough right now is that you're battling invisible chains. You're not battling right now what you're seeing. Everything's going great in your life, but you're battling something. You're, you're detained by something in the invisible realm. Thus it was with this man who approached Jesus with an unclean spirit. Here was a man who had his dwelling among the tombs. Not even the physical chains could stop him. Not even the physical fetters could stop him. But his chains were invisible. His chains were unclean spirits. His chains were something that he couldn't pinpoint. His chains were something that held him beyond the realm of the human eye. He was possessed by spirits that opposed righteousness. He was possessed by spirits that were not conducive to spiritual growth. He was possessed by something that didn't like God and would not pursue God. Now, I'm not saying you're possessed. I'm not saying that people, that everybody's possessed, but hear me, it's possible to be, to, possible to be oppressed without being possessed. It's possible to allow spirits that have negative influence in our life oppress us and govern us 
just like a young child sits on the shoulders of his father and he tugs at daddy's ear, go this way, daddy, or he tugs this way, go this way, daddy. So it is with some of these spirits that are invisible. We're not possessed by them, but we are governed by them. Spirits that oppose a breakthrough. Spirits that oppose righteousness. Spirits that oppose a work of God in our life. And that's what hell wants to do. He wants to detain you with oppression. He wants to detain you with bitterness and hatred and jealousy and pride and offense and etc. etc. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about the invisible. That realm where no, where you can't see it. But you don't know why you can't break through it. That dimension where you come to church and you think everything's going on in your life. uh, But you're not having a breakthrough like you want to. Because your chains are invisible. Your chains are something that you can't see. But I've come with good news tonight regardless of what you face. You may be detained but you're not defeated. You may be hindered but you're not halted. You may be going through it right now but Jesus Christ purchased victory for everybody in this building tonight. What do I do preacher? How do I get out of it? How do I get deliverance? What's the secret? Can I tell you tonight? It begins with desire. The passion in you must supersede the problems around you. You have to have a desire that says, I'm tired of being where I'm at. I'm tired of coming to church and leaving the same. I'm tired of going through the motions. But I need a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. We've got to examine closely tonight the similarities between how deliverance came for both the physical and the spiritual, the visible and the invisible. The Bible says that Paul and Silas locked up in those physical chains, locked up in a, in a, in a climate not conducive to a breakthrough. They began to sing and pray and worship God because their physical circumstances were not enough to stop the passion that was in them. Oh, I'm a preacher. Can I tell you tonight, I don't care how bad it gets, you still got a reason to worship God. I don't care what you have to face. That passion in you can loose the chains that are holding you back. I'm afraid too many times we allow our situations to dictate our worship when our worship should dictate our situation. I'm afraid, Pastor, that we have relied on our feelings to have a breakthrough. We rely on the emotions that are stimulated whether it be through music, whether it be through a crowd, and we equate 
the emotions that are stimulated with the magnitude of his presence. But the reality of it is, God is the same. He can't, you can't have more of God or less of God. There has to be either more of your flesh or less of your flesh. And honey, when you don't feel like having a breakthrough is when you need to have a breakthrough. We have, we have relied on our feelings to move us into a dimension of worship. But the fact of the matter is, whether I feel like it or not, God's still worthy of my worship. And so the man with an unclean spirit, in fact, had a legion of them. Not even a legion of devils could prevent him from having a breakthrough. Not even approximately 5,000 devils could prevent a man with desire from having a move of God. So, honey, I have no excuse if I feel depressed or I feel oppressed because there ain't a devil in hell that can stop you from having a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. See, when you begin to press through, in spite of how you feel, in spite of where you've been, in spite of what everything looks like, when you begin to press through, it's easier to press through. When you begin to break past how you feel and you step into a dimension of worship, worship is contagious. And that person next to you will start worshiping. And the person next to them will start worshiping. That's why David said, oh, magnify the Lord with Because there's some things that I have to have somebody help me out with. God deliver us from pursuing you based upon what we feel like. God forgive us for coming to church and only worshiping when it's our favorite song. Forgive us, Lord, for opening up our hearts only when everything was going all right in my life. But friend, a true worshiper, it doesn't matter what he's going through. It doesn't matter if he feels good. It doesn't matter if he feels like running or shouting. He's going to pursue after God. Can I tell you, you may be detained tonight, but you're not defeated. If you can muster up somewhere in your soul some worship, I'm afraid the sad reality is that some of us come to church bound and we don't know we're bound. We come to church and we're bound in the invisible. And they're trying their best to prompt us and to prod us and to move us into a dimension. But nobody can make you have a breakthrough. Nobody can make you Respond. Oh, you may move in the physical and leave the same way you came. But I'm talking about that where you wake up the next morning and you know you're different. You know that God empowered you. I've been preaching revival here lately. A lady come to me on a Wednesday night. We had a powerful Sunday night service. She said, well, Stevenson, she said, I can't tell you exactly what happened. She said, but when I woke up Monday morning, I knew 
I was different. I knew that God was on my side. I knew I wasn't going to have to walk in discouragement and defeat. That's the kind of breakthrough I'm talking about. I'm talking about something that reaches beyond uh, an emotional stimulation. I know we got this thing down and we can hoop and holler and scream and, and, and all that stuff with the best of them. And I, I love doing that. But I'm talking about stepping beyond the realm of emotionalism to where you have a spiritual breakthrough. To where you know that you're not leaving the same way that you came. I'm afraid that there are some of us that are bound by things in our spirit. We're bound by things that are governing us and controlling us, governing our thoughts, and it governs our response to God. In fact, there was a man in the Bible who was bound. The Bible said he was sick of the palsy. He was detained, if you please. He was tied to this cot. He was bound to this cot. And you know the story. They went, he, four men carried him to the place where Jesus was. House was full. Everybody was around it. Uh, but the Bible said he was sick of the palsy. Now, I believe that reaches beyond just him being sick of the palsy. But I believe he had an attitude that said, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of being like this. And if you're going to have a breakthrough, you're going to have to get to the point where you're sick of being where you are. And you're sick of being tormented by that. And you're sick of being bound by that. He said, you take me up to the roof. You take me up. I, I've got to get to Jesus. Now, you watch the story. The Bible said when he finally was lowered at the feet of Jesus, Jesus told him, rise. Take up thy bed and walk. Who cares about his bed? Who cares about his cot? What's the significance behind that? Why would Jesus make a statement? He could have just jumped up and been healed and they could have threw the cot out. But true deliverance happens when you can control what once controlled you. And when Jesus told him, take up thy bed, it was a spiritual symbolic statement because there, that man who was made whole, that man who had a breakthrough, he grabbed hold and he took authority over what had bound him for so my God. Can I tell you tonight, you don't have to leave depressed, but God can give you victory over depression. You don't have to leave bound. God can give you victory over your bondage. You don't have to leave the same way. There's victory in the house of God. You got to worship him. You got to worship him. You got to worship him. Stand with me right now in the Holy Ghost. My God. It's time for somebody to take authority over what's ruled you for so long. It's time for somebody to exercise dominion over that thing that has tormented you for so long. You may be, you may be detained, but you're not defeated. You may be hemmed up right now, but there's victory for you tonight in this place. You don't have to leave. Can I just tell you this? Now, I'm not making light of people who, who do suffer from chemical imbalances. I, I'm not saying that all depression is fake or not real. But there is a real spirit of heaviness. That's real. That's in the Bible. A spirit of heaviness that is almost like a smothering. 
I was there last year. In fact, I, all of November last year, I felt like my prayers weren't going past the ceiling. I felt like my pul- my words weren't were falling off the edge of the pulpit. I got so depressed, and I'm not I'm not a depressed person. I got so depressed in the mully grubs. I was bound by it. It was affecting my life. It was affecting my family. It was affecting every avenue of my life. And one day I decided I was going to go hunting. I got out to the woods. I said, you know what? I've never killed a deer all of my life. I may not kill another one today. I said, I'm going to find myself a place to pray. Found me old log there, and I, all I did began to weep and, and moan, and God this and God that, and how horrible everything is. And I was so bound, even in my prayers. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, "You stop crying." He said, "You get up and worship me, friend." I moved some sticks out the way. I moved an old log out the way, and in the middle of the woods, I wasn't in a beautiful building. I didn't have a keyboard playing, but I had a desire in my heart. I'm tired of being bound by this. And I began to worship my way into a breakthrough. All you have to have is a desire. There's no reason to leave the same way you came. Oh, I wonder, is there anybody in this building that says, I'm ready for a breakthrough, God. I'm ready for a breakthrough. I want you to step out of your pew right now. I'm telling you, you can leave uh, with a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost tonight. Uh, Why don't you come down here and begin to worship Him?